What is up and welcome back to another episode of The Boss Life with Bonds. I am your host, Siobhan Bonnie, and I'm really loving the whole Siobhan the Sage era. That is a aspect of my personality that has been dormant, if you will. Um, I've, I've embraced Siobhan the Savage. I've embraced so many different aspects of myself, but really leaning into divine wisdom and being able to show up and express that divine wisdom in live time uh, through podcast and through working with our clients one-on-one has just been such a <clears throat> beautiful experience. And so today's podcast, we're talking about the art of allowing. And when it comes to allowing, the feminine art of allowing, I'm super excited uh, to share this with you. Now, this will be a series. Today will be the art of allowing. Um, Tuesday, Tuesday, just kidding. Wednesday is going to be the art of alchemy. And then Friday will be the art of action. And all of these are leading up into our summer series of the self healing series. Now this is going to be a five course spread out series over the summer. They will be held on Saturdays. And what I wanted to do was provide a space for you guys to get the tools that you need to do this work on your own, because I'm noticing a lot more people are waking up and realizing just how important it is to do the work in order to get the long-term results that you want. If you've seen my social media this morning, one of the posts that I made, it's a carousel. It's on Instagram and it's on Facebook. And I was talking about how one of my friends told me, not even told me, he tells me every day how much he hates living in Florida. And as I'm saying this, I'm looking out my window at someone on a boat doing like water sports and I just I'm seeing all this beautiful greenery and the wildlife and I'm just I'm living my best life but for him this is like torture because he feels like everyone down here moves at a slower pace and I sat with that for a moment to ask myself like hmm I wonder um how he like what that really means and what he was saying is that People down here in Florida don't set their goals as high or as, as they don't, they're not as, um, you know, aggressive with trying to reach them. And he wants to be in spaces where that can be something that actually happens. And so I'm, I'm reevaluating myself. I'm reevaluating, um, have I gotten stagnant in my goals? But more importantly, it caused me to reflect on what happened when I did aggressively pursue my goals. When I did listen to all the gurus and all the coaches who were like, just do this and go hard or go home and you gotta invest, invest, invest. And I'm not against any of that. I'm not against mentorships. I'm not against real coaches and I'm not against investing in yourself and going hard for your dreams. What I wish had been shown to me and I don't regret it, by the way, because I know that everything that I go through is so that I can teach, so I'm not bitter. But if there is one thing that was missing from my journey to get here, it was this idea that your default will return. And that's what's in the caption of today's carousel. Like, yes, go big, yes, dream hard. Dream hard, go big, one of those, like do all those things, please. However, I need you to understand that if your big dream is to lose a whole bunch of weight, if your big dream is to build a big business, if your big dream is to make a lot of money, whatever it is, these dreams are awesome. However, if you're not doing the, the back work, laying the foundation for becoming the person that can not just attain, I say this a lot, not just attain, but maintain and sustain this change, it can crumble. 
You can start to deal with that imposter syndrome. You can start to switch back into your default mode that tells you, I don't deserve this. Is this real? How long was I going to keep this facade up? Whatever it is. When you are going from one timeline to another, one timeline that had you stuck in your small thinking and you're not going big and not aggressively pursuing or even setting goals, that's one timeline. And that's the one that a lot of people stay on because it's safe, you, it's, it's risk-free, and you know you, you don't have to risk whatever it is people think they're risking when they pursue their goals. Um, I guess shame, humiliation. One of the slides on that post was, it said, the only thing worse than or said there are worse things than having a goal that you don't pursue like what i consider to be worse is not having any goals at all and so i want to touch today wednesday friday and throughout this summer as we dive into the self-healing series about what it looks like to to get beneath the surface right get beneath to those deep-rooted core beliefs that can sneak up on you right and bring you back to where you were Right? Because the last thing that I want is for anyone to go through what I went through, where you do all the stuff, you check all the check marks, you do all the boxes, you do everything, and then you still end up a little in a place of delusion or cognitive dissonance where you created the life around you. You have the body, you have the relationship, you have the business, the car, the home, all those things. And yet there is a piece of you that still doesn't feel like you belong here. You feel like an outsider in your own life. You feel like an imposter in your own life and you are waiting for the cookies to crumble. The only way for you to be able to manifest, create, or bring things to fruition and not let them tumble all around you from self-doubt is to do the inner work and to do the healing. And I feel like that was such a missing component to my journey and I wanna provide you, if you don't work with us one-on-one or in our community, I want to give you the tools to do this self-healing on your own. So that's what the self-healing series this summer is gonna be about. Again, these classes are gonna be on Saturdays. It's not just for women, but just know that's who I talk to. So if you're a fella and you're interested in this and maybe you feel awkward about like showing up to the Zoom, first of all, I wanna call you out real quick because we've had to do that a lot through history, like be the only woman in the room and, and get past that. So I wanna, I wanna challenge you to get over that, um, but then also know that there are replays available for all of the classes. So you can feel free to, um, to, to grab the course and then watch the replay on your own time. Okay, so let's get right into today's thing. But before we do, if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or however you listen to the podcast, I would love to hear back from you. Do you guys prefer the just audio only versions of the podcast or do you enjoy the video versions? Because currently what I've been doing is filming them on Zoom when I have slides to share or recording it on Facebook, downloading it and then uploading it to the podcast platform. And I wonder, is that better quality? Is it annoying for you? Um, I, I'd like to know. So. Um, I know that you guys that are here live watching, maybe you listen to the podcast on another platform. And if so, I would love your feedback so I can optimize this experience for you. Okay, and then one more thing before we hop in. I wanna know what you guys feel about shorter podcasts versus longer ones. Cause I got some feedback. You're like, Bonnie, make these shorter, you know? Cause then people will listen more. You guys know me, I'm a hard ass, I'm steadfast, I'm not stubborn. We're replacing that word stubborn with steadfast. I'm steadfast in my beliefs and my methods and my approaches. Uh, and what I believe is that deep calls to deep. 
And so if these videos are too long for you, well, one, I get to work on delivering more clearly and more concise. But at the same time, what I would recommend is maybe watching reels. If your attention span is only seven seconds to a minute, because there are people that I watch on YouTube that I look forward to watching too, uh, watching and their, their videos are always 30 and 40 minutes and they bring the heat. So I'm wondering like, do you agree? Should they be shorter so that you can watch them? Or do you agree too that like, yeah, no, if you're here to get the wisdom, then, then you make time for it. Because if you're one of those people that you scroll by, but you can't always watch it because you're busy, here is some advice from a personal development coach. Okay, you ready? Schedule time for personal development. That could look like taking walks in the morning and being like, okay, I'm gonna go back and listen to this podcast now that I have time. That could look like, hey, it's solitude Saturday. I'm gonna listen to podcasts and feed my soul. But don't let this excuse of, I don't have time or that's too long. Like That's like saying, I'm not gonna read a book because it's too long. If you believe that something has value and it's going to pour into you and you're not doing what you can, you like 30 to 60 minutes. Thank you, Tasha. I usually don't respond to the um, comments because I get like caught up, but that one popped up and I saw it right away. So thank you, Tasha. Okay. I'm just wondering out of curiosity because I, I believe uh, that. Thank you. She just kind of confirmed. I believe that my people deep calls to deep. And if you're here for the deep work, you're going to sit and you're going to listen. Okay. All right. Let's hop into the art of allowing uh, this Full podcast is called The Feminine Art of Allowing, and I've been touching so much lately, and this is going to be the platform, the soapbox I die on about the, 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 the balance of masculine and feminine energy in society. And divine feminine energy has this distinct art of allowing. So before we even take it to the manifestation side, I want to show you what the art of allowing looks like in terms of feminine leadership. So when I am in places where things are not going my way. Let's say for instance, like one of the meetings on Friday mornings that I run until this week, it's my last week, eh, we out. Um, and something is happening in the middle of the meeting. I will usually wait until after the meeting and pull the person aside or talk to them rather than make a scene. This is something that I do as a mother as well because I remember how humiliating it was to be absolutely humiliated in front of my peers, um, not just because you know my grandmother or my, usually my grandma was trying to discipline me, but just the way she went about it. It was very masculine and it was very aggressive and it was also didn't make me feel safe to mess up. And so one of the aspects, one of the facets of feminine leadership is that when we are reprimanding or disciplining that we lead by example and that we create safe spaces for those that we're here to serve. And so I noticed a lot what will happen in the meetings and I'm not against it because that's them operating in the energy that makes more sense to them. But some of the fellows in the room will, you know, object right away and like make a big scene about it. And to the fellas, like that works well. And like, they're kind of like, oh, okay, you're right, cool. But for the women, I've literally seen women not come back to our meetings because of the aggressiveness in which they are called out and yelled like, hey, you said that wrong or do that better. And it's just like, that. that's not how we function. And I can remember like I'm watching them and I'm being brought back to my childhood of when I would be publicly uh, humiliated so or reprimanded. So with my children, what I've done, even in restaurants when they were little, rather than make a scene with my kids, I whisper in their ear, we're going to go outside right now. We're going to talk because if you want to eat breakfast with me in this freaking wonderful Denny's, you get to hush your mouth because nobody else wants to hear this shit. So we're going to go back inside. You're going to be quiet. Okay. So if not, we can pack it up and go home. What would you like to do? 
I would rather do that than humiliate my children publicly. And so when it comes to leadership and teams and organizations, that's the same way that I approach it. And I look at that as a way of allowing. I allowed them to act a fool, right? So that they could still, um, depending on who it is or whatever, but taking them outside to a safe space to let them know like, it's safe to mess up. You're a kid, I'm your mom, but also this is not okay. And at the particular club I'm talking about, it is a leadership development club and, and personal development and speaking skills and all this other stuff. And so people need to feel safe to mess up. If when they mess up, they're boom, 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 people don't feel safe. And as I've spoken about multiple times, one of the feminine needs in order to soar is that we need to feel safe, we need to feel seen, and we need to feel supported. So an aspect of feminine leadership is allowing people to feel safe, seen, and supported. That's, I just wanted to lay the foundation and, and give you an aspect of what it looks like for the feminine art of allowing. Another way to view the feminine art of allowing is the holding of space for not only your emotions, but for others' emotions. Instead of treating your emotions like, um, oh my gosh, I can't think this, or oh my gosh, I can't be mad because then I'm a bad person. And oh my gosh, I can't think about that because then I'm a bad Christian. These are all thoughts I used to have in my head. Oh my gosh, I can't look in that direction because then like allowing your humanness to exist. And I also made a reel about this for Mind and Body Fit this morning. And it said, hey, guess what? You get to allow yourself to make mistakes. You get to allow yourself to grow, but you also get to allow yourself to approach your failures out of curiosity instead of judgment. Because when you approach your situations with curiosity, it's like, hmm, I wonder why I did that. Hmm, I wonder where this behavior, thought pattern, belief came from, where it originated from, and what do I need to know? What do I need to believe in order to reconcile this thought, this belief that creates this action so that moving forward, I can create a different outcome, right? This is what happens when you allow yourself to make mistakes, when you allow yourself to not be perfect. But too often we find ourselves doing the exact opposite and we're judging. Ah, I didn't do, I didn't make it to the gym again. Ah, I didn't do good on that speech. I'm so horrible. Ah, I didn't do that. And it's like that creates this shame bubble. And if you're familiar with the emotional frequency chart, these frequencies are the vibrations that come out from your emotions. If you can imagine a happy person gives off a higher vibrational frequency and a sad, depressed or even person full of shame gives off a lower vibrational frequency. And when you're down there, it's very hard to create from this space. And so this very feminine art of allowing yourself to be imperfect is so key to manifesting your goals, creating your new reality, those sort of things. I'm gonna take a moment, sip some water, and then I'll actually get into the notes. Mm. Mm, okay. Y'all are here on Instagram. Love it. Let me see if anybody's here on the Facebook. No, nobody's here on Facebook. That's okay. We love that. All right, let's get into it. So one of the keys to manifesting is being able to allow, right? And what is, just to recap anyone who's not super keen on what manifesting is, it's the embodiment of your desires, right? It's the visualization and like feeling it in your body, right? And then also it's the fruition of those desires. And one of the easiest ways, if you're not super woo-woo or if you're not super into this sort of language, one of the easiest ways to slide into this art of allowing your desires is the be, do, have model. 
Oh wait, the camera's flipped. So should I go this way? Oh God, the Instagram and the Facebook one are backwards. I can't, I'm gonna stop. But B do have, and most of us try to do it backwards. We wanna try to do the things, right, that, which is a part of it. Actually, we try to have, we're like, we, we, we want to get the stuff first and then, and then we'll be like, and once I have it, then I'll be happier. Like I want to have the job because then I'll do, I'll show up for work on time and then, and then I'll, and then I'll be happy. Right. I want to have the man or the relationship because then when I do, th then I'll do better. Right. Then I'll take better care of myself and then I'll be happy. Or I want to, I want to have the money because when I have the money, then I'll do the stuff better. I'll save better and I'll be better with my money and then I'll be more financial financially stable. However, that's not how the universe works. The universe is waiting for you to be an embodiment of the very thing that you are trying to bring into your life. And I'm going to break that down because I know that that can sound foreign um, and pretty dense for a lot of us. How do I just be, right? How do I just be these things, right? Well, it's a conscious guiding of your thoughts, a conscious guiding of your thoughts. Now, one of my favorite analogies to use is the analogy of the algorithm. <laughs> because oftentimes people who have been in that lower vibrational spectrum of their emotions, fearful, doubtful, scared, whatever, um, they don't know how to guide their own thoughts to where they want them to go. And they truly believe that they have zero control over their thoughts which is malarkey. Now I will say this, you can't control every single thought that comes in, but you can teach it just like you can teach your algorithm not to dwell on them. For example, I have doubt every single month a thought comes into my head. <laughs> oh God, it's so funny. It's like, what if this all crumbles? What if everybody, what if, what if this doesn't happen? And what if, and what if this doesn't come through? And if I let that thought fester for too long, I'm on a downward spiral with that thought. It has taken me hostage and now I'm going down with it. Like, yeah, see, look at all. And then I'll start looking for evidence of this thought to be real. Like, see, see, you didn't sign a client this week. See, see, you posted this and nobody responded. See, see. And it's like, you start looking for ways to reinforce that thought. Or what if the opposite were true? What if um, when that thought came in, treat it like the algorithm, treat it like it's a Facebook thing. Say this thought pops up on your feed, like it pops up in your head. Um, nobody loves me or I'm unlovable or I'll never have the life that I desire. I'll, this a thought I used to have all the time with my baby's fathers. I'll never leave this relationship alive. He's going to kill me or he's going to ruin everything that I build outside of him. And for years, that was my reality, right? And I kept looking for proof that it was real everywhere. And so as a result, that's what I manifested. It was very hard to get out of that relationship. But once I started to click the unfollow button or the hide this ad or the show less of this in my feed, like mentally, once I did that, those thoughts stopped coming as aggressively and as frequently. And it allowed space for more thoughts to come. Like, what if I, I, I start to make enough money to stand on my own two feet so I don't have to go back to him? What if I actually, I fall in love with a man who's like not afraid to stand up to him and can protect me from him? Or what if I, you like, I just started entertaining new thoughts and instead of going down like this, I started going up like this because your brain, your thoughts are like an algorithm and you do, contrary to what so many people tell you, you do get to control what happens. When it comes in, I also, my, my other example of your thoughts is the algorithm and then the bring in friends to dinner. 
So these thoughts come knocking on your door and you get to look through the peephole and see like, do I want that thought in here? And if you don't, you get to keep the door shut. But what happens more often than not is people are like, oh, that looks like a really negative thought that's probably not gonna get me closer to my goals. What the hell, come in. Oh, you brought friends? Well, gee golly whiz, why didn't you say so? Bring them on inside. And that's what we do. And then we wonder why we get stuck in these low vibrational feelings because we literally just open the door and tell them, have at it, come in, right? So when it comes to the embodiment part of manifestation or the being, the being starts with the thinking. It is hard for me to be confident that God's gonna provide. It's hard for me to be confident that the universe is on my side. If the thoughts that I am continuously opening the door and letting them come in or clicking like on, yeah, I like that thought. Yeah, I like that. Keep it coming, keep it coming. It's very hard to be when this is the behavior that you are doing. See the bead you have now? So as a result, if I keep being the person that listens to thoughts that are not in alignment with where I wanna go and keep doing the entertaining of these thoughts, well, what do you think you're going to have? That, the fruition of those thoughts. Easier said than done, but I want you to really let this sink in and think about how you do this. So how do we, how are ways that we self-sabotage and how are ways that we block the being? How are ways that we are not allowing and being in our feminine energy and just um, allowing good things to come our way? Well, I've touched on this already, but we'll dive in deeper is number one is doubt. When we sit around with our thoughts and we're constantly doubting whether they can be real or whether they can be true, that is not helpful. You may hear that it makes you more rational. You may hear that this is exactly what you need to do, but I'm here to tell you when you let the, 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 the doubtful thoughts come in more than the hopeful thoughts, guess who wins? Strength in numbers. If you got way more doubtful thoughts about your future than you do believing thoughts, again, it, it's simple like mathematics, right? You're, you're gonna get the one that is more prevalent. Doubt can look like this. What if this doesn't really happen for me? What if I'm not meant to be that great? What if I'm not that great? Is this, is this, is this really for me? What if this was an accident? What if, yeah, no, what if God messed up? What if the universe is playing a joke on me? these sort of thoughts feed into that lower vibrational frequency and that lower emotional state that makes you feel helpless and makes you feel unworthy. We talk a lot about how you have to feel worthy of the things that you're manifesting. And it's hard to feel worthy when you just feed yourself more and more doubt. The world is already doubting you, your friends, your family, because they doubt themselves. And we are doing what? Simply projecting what we don't accept in ourselves. So if you want to get to the state where you can allow goodness into your heart, constantly doubting or into your life, constantly doubting whether or not it's gonna work, whether it's gonna happen, whether it's for you, whether you're worthy, these are things that are slowing down the process. It's not a coincidence that people that see the biggest miracles are those that have the biggest faith. I don't usually receive miracles or like divine manifestations when I'm sitting around like, oh, I wonder if God will do this. I mean, I hope, but you know, I don't know, man. But if you do like that, it'll be dope. But like, I don't know. That's usually never, I don't think I've ever manifested something from that energy. I don't think I've ever seen a miracle come from that energy. Okay. So number one is doubt. 
The next way that we are blocking the allowing is this controlling aspect. And I touched on this a lot during the toxic feminine energy thing where we are extra controlling, we're extra overthinking. And again, you feel like this is normal. You feel like this is the way that you're supposed to do things, but controlling situations comes from a state of fear. Remember that first example I gave, how in the meetings, I will watch things happen and hold space for that person to screw up and then talk to them later. Whereas the person that has to say something right away, again, this they're, they're good people for like the most part, I'm not saying they're bad for doing this, but their fear is that if they don't control this person, that something really bad can happen. And they're right. You know, people are crazy. We don't, you know, we don't like do a background check. Anybody could come in there and act a damn fool. But my, I don't fear as much as I know, right? There's an inner knowing that I can go talk to this person afterwards, right? But when you feel the need to control situations, you start, or when you feel, when that fear kicks in and you feel you need to control, we all know human beings do some pretty shitty things out of fear and out of controlling. The whole basis of what I talk about is about how man's fear of feminine energy, man's fear of races that are different from them led to slavery, man's fear of, oh, they don't believe the same way as me. We have to make them like that's a chunk of everything that I talk about is how crazy we have what a fucking shit show of a world we've created out of our fears of one another. We have we tend to control and it hurts other people. This is the exact opposite of allowing. Not saying everything has to be a freaking free for all, but everything doesn't have to be under like someone's iron fist rule. And as a female or as someone that is trying to get into their feminine flow, male or female, in an attempt to attract, you cannot be micromanaging. You cannot be trying to over control the situation out of fear. This is one of the reasons why I had to, I felt the need to distance myself from a lot of the competition or other coaches on social media and it's because <sighs> what i saw the way that i was taught to do sales calls the way that i was taught to do social media and the way that i was taught to structure my business um was in a very controlling and manipulative state and coincidentally um, a lot of these people were teaching me very masculine structures and it worked for them. It works for years. And that's just the way that people do business. But what I'm here to say, and if you've missed this message somewhere along the way, please listen to me. What I'm here to say is that just because this is the way that things have always been, doesn't mean that it's the way that it should always be. If you watch, if you have me on social media, go back and catch up on some of the reels and some of the things that I have just been spazzing out about lately. And a lot of it has to do with this sense of control that I felt everything has to be this way and you can't do anything different and, and, and you have to stay in this box, this, this and that. And now I'm kind of breaking free and showing other women and other people and other creatives and other business owners that you don't have to run your business in a way that doesn't feel good, especially if it feels over controlling or manipulative to the people that you want to serve. I did not like the way that 
<laughs> we would treat people that we were trying to serve. Okay, add them as a friend and then go like three of their photos and then drop a, a, a comment. Oh, I like your dress, I like your hair. And then go watch their stories and then heart all their stories and then send them something for free because now by then when you ask them for a call, they should, you know, they're gonna wanna, you know, they have to book a call because you've done all this. You pay them attention, you like them, whatever. And then once you get on the call, like you gotta do this and do this and say this this way and say this this way and then do this because then and then they'll have to buy from you. And then if they don't, then you got to convince them that they really do want to. And I know that that sounds a lot more <laughs> rash than what the sales process is. There's a lot of people that don't sell like that. But to me, it felt very manipulative. And the reason why is because I see it from the back end and I watch it happen to me on a regular basis. I watch coaches that have um, or like agencies and stuff. Um, well, they'll do that. I'll watch them. They'll friend me, they'll follow, they'll watch my stories every single day, pretend to like everything, pretend to like their their virtual assistant will drop some BS comment on a post where I'm talking about my world falling apart. And they'll be like, I love your eyeliner. You look great. You know, and then she, do you want this free training on this? Yeah, sure. Send it over. Okay, you ready to get on? Like, and I just watch it like clockwork and I'm like, damn, that shit's played out. Like, I'm glad that works for somebody's business and that's dope, but I don't like feeling like, I don't like that process. And to me, that felt very controlling. I don't want to have to try to back people into a corner to come and work with me. And so for me, the art of allowing is, hey, ladies, gentlemen, this is my gift. This is what I do. I speak, I teach, I, I meditate, I ask God for wisdom, and I challenge you to be better. This is how I do it. This is how I serve. If this is something you want to be a part of, here it is. What I'm not about to do is like hammer you to want to come work with me because I've done that before in an effort to reach my financial goals in my business. I did that before. I did the go hard or go home method and it didn't feel good. It didn't feel good to my body and it didn't feel good with me on the other end with a woman who I know isn't ready to move forward. But I'm like, well, it says I have to do this. It says I got I gotta push her. Maybe, oh, she says, no, well, why don't you try to take out a loan? Oh, you said, well, why don't you try to take out a credit card? Why don't you try to ask your friends and family? Like to me, that's fucking aggressive as fuck. So I'm not doing it. And as a result, what I've been able to do was allow and open the space for more women to work with me who also don't feel comfortable in that space. This is what it looks like to be the embodiment of your visualization. I envision, right? Let me show you my big picture vision. My vision with Mind and Body Co. is to level the economic playing field for women. I'm not trying to break through glass ceilings anymore. I'm not looking for seats at their table. I'm not even trying to argue for them to raise the gen gender gap wage. You know what I want to do? I'm creating a platform for women, by women, for women, where I can employ women and I can pay them what they deserve to be paid instead of yelling at the men to do it. That's my vision. And in doing so, I have to be an embodiment of someone who believes in that mission and that's why I run my business the way that I do. And a way that I would not be allowing this vision to come to fruition is by trying to control every single step of the way because God doesn't always give you every step of the way. The universe doesn't give you a map of how to do it, but it does give you little cookie trails, little crumbles. Follow this, yes, this next step. But when we feel like we have to manipulate and control every aspect, you don't leave room for allowing. You're not allowing divine intervention. So let that, let that sit. I know that that was pretty loaded, but this controlling aspect is what is pushing away your manifestations and it's what's keeping you from allowing what you want most into your life. The last way that we don't allow is fear and shame. And I've 
covered that on the doubt topic a little bit, but we don't allow good things to come to us when we fear and when we doubt that we're good enough and when we wonder, can I really have this? Or when we fear that we're gonna mess it up. Those feelings, I'm gonna give you, oh my God, I'm gonna give you a prime example. So there was one day during the blocks when I was filming for the, um, the startup accelerator and reality TV show, great experience, still not ready to talk about it. Like I'm just, I got so much info, my brain is like fried. But I remember one night um, when they were doing the awards at the end of the night, like who had won for the day. And there's like seven winners every day. And I felt it in my stomach. Like, I remember that judge kind of winking, like looking at me like, hey, if you feel like you did really well today and you'd want a little help preparing in case you get in the blocks off tonight, speak with me. And, and, um, there, there was just, there was that pit in the, the, the feeling in the pit of my stomach that I knew, all right, this is your night. And I remember when they were, they had these lights that they were in the audience <laughs> And I could feel them coming to me and God is like, are you ready? And I was like, no, no. It's like, okay. And the light literally shined on me and it was a person behind me. And I was like relieved. And then that night I went back to my room and I was like, God, how come I didn't get to win? He's like, cause you didn't want to. You said, no, you said you didn't want to, like you were scared. You were afraid to go on this Like, So here you go. Now, whether, right, whether or not I was really going to win that one or not, I like that illustration because it shows how we do the same thing a lot in our lives or we'll pray, we want to manifest, we want these things, but when we get face to face with them or even the thought of actually having them, we're scared shitless. We fear that we won't be able to live up to the expectations. We doubt our ability to show up for ourselves when we actually are given the chance. And I feel like this is a reason why a lot of people's businesses maybe don't soar or our ideas don't come to fruition. I feel like this is a reason why a lot of people are not able to allow the things that they want most into their lives. Because you get like I do. Oh my gosh, this is happening? No, no, pick somebody else. Like the TikTok, uh-uh, uh-uh, pick somebody else, right? That's what we do. So. Those are the ways that you are not allowing and that you're hindering. I'm going to run through the ways that you can allow and give you your key takeaways for this podcast. Number one, how to allow. You have to trust and you have to believe that you are worthy. And that is a very hard concept, especially if life, your default mode has shown you all the reasons why you're not worthy. You were never picked first. Guys don't really want you. Women don't really want you. They only want you for your money and what you can do for them. Your parents didn't love you. This job never appreciates you. Like you've got all these reasons and all this um, evidence in your 3D physical world that show you why you're not good enough. And the only way that you can circumvent that 30, 40, 50, even 60 plus years of negative programming and unfortunate circumstances, right? is to battle against them. If your thoughts are your enemy, right? They're also, here, here's something that someone needs to hear. The law of polarity says that if there's good, then there must be bad. If there's evil, then there must be holy. If there's dark, then there must be light. So if your thoughts can be your worst enemy, well, guess what? They can also be your strongest weapon. And so if you're not doing the work to create new thought patterns, new neural pathways, new belief systems that lead to new habits, that need, lead to new actions, you will always feel like you can't trust the universe to be on your side. You will always feel like you can't believe that God is on your side. You will always feel like you're not worthy and you'll attain the things that you wanted in your life and then they'll slip through your fingers because your deep rooted beliefs believe otherwise. 
So a way for you to trust and to believe and acknowledge your self-worth, there's no other way, guys. You have to work on your mindset. Meditation, prayer, this looks different for everybody else, but or looks different for everyone. But the biggest moving factor and me rewiring my mindset so that I could create a different reality was meditation, was learning to sit still with my thoughts and not always just letting them bombard me, was learning to check them because that's the first thing I learned when I started meditating. So I would just close my eyes and I would count as I was breathing. And in the beginning, my ADHD ass, my thoughts are going everywhere. I'm counting like I'm breathing, right? Like, and I'm also thinking of the dogs and I'm thinking of the snake outside the house and thinking of my client who's check-in that I got to do. I'm thinking of everything in the world. But as I continued to do this day after day, it got to the point where if I was counting and thoughts came up, I would literally like visualize myself going, Yeep! get out of here. One, two, three, four, Yeep! five, one, two, three, four, like, and, and it got to the point where I was able to like swat flies out swat thoughts out of my head um to the point where i could just focus on what i wanted to focus on and everyone says meditation is hard and i'm like okay well if it was easy i just i can't meditation is hard i'm like everything's hard when you first start do you hear yourself did you know how to drive when you first started driving did you know how to be a mom before you ever had a kid did you know how to cook before you ever learned how to cook saying this stuff is hard is a really piss poor lazy excuse and reason to not do the work that it takes to have the life that you want stop it just stop that shit, okay practice meditation pray more these are how you're gonna help yourself get into the art of allowing and trusting and believing that you're worthy meditating and aligning with your highest self this is probably even bigger than just regular meditation and learning how to like you know control your thoughts and and block out the ones you don't want to hear meditating with the intention of aligning with your highest self is extremely powerful because what happens now is the same way that when you feel sad right you know how you get fearful and, and we talked about how that feeling feels and you feel weak and da, da, da. Again, law of polarity. If there is like a vibration that keeps you way down here really sad, then there can also be thoughts that can get you way down here and feeling like a freaking rock star. And one of those is connecting with the highest version of you, whatever that looks like. For some of you, the highest version of you is becoming the manager at your job, the supervisor, whatever. And like you are able to run this company or this department the way that you want to. For some of you, the highest version of yourself is the most fit and the most healthy and the most energetic version of yourself. For some of you, the highest version of yourself is one that is truthful, full of integrity and does good in the world. I don't know what your highest self looks like. I'm not in your head or maybe I am. But what I do know is that when I don't meditate and when I don't spend time with that girl, when I don't spend time with the woman who is the CEO of the number one personal development platform for women, Mind and Body Co., when I don't spend time with the woman who has her house on the lake with her infinity pool and her jet skis and her dock, this is something I listen to every day, by the way, um, and her dock that's big enough for her to host parties and it's where she does her morning routine out there with the fans blowing. When I don't spend time with that vision, and when I don't spend time integrating that vision of my highest self and my highest timeline, it's extremely hard for me to think that that could ever be your reality. Another post that I wrote today, or actually the same one, the carousel, 
I talked about how a client of mine is stuck in survival mode and I gave her this imagery. I said, imagine you're at the bottom of a hole, like a well, and you're looking up and you want out of this hole, but all you imagine is just getting out, just getting out, just getting out. For some people, that's enough. Not for my ladies. Like if you wanna get out of that hole faster, you know what might be more motivating than just getting out, just surviving? I'm getting out of here and I'm getting a fresh hot shower and I'm getting food and it's going to taste so good. I'm going to have water. I'm going to hug my kids. I'm going to see my friends. It's going to be beautiful. Everyone was like, you see that like that. I'm going to get out. I'm going to tell my story and, and people and, and then I'll be able to live a bit like survival is just getting out of the hole. Thriving is like once I get out of the hole, what will I do next? And too often we don't allow ourselves to connect with our highest timeline. So what we're aiming at is very low. Like, let me just get here. Let me just get here. And I'm not shitting on anyone who is, is this is, you know, how you live your life. But what I am calling you is to, to stretch that faith a little bit and imagine for yourself something bigger than just the bare minimum. You will notice your excitement increase. When I don't connect with my highest self and all I can just imagine is, okay, I just got to get through the week, survival mode. I just got to get through the week. I just got to get all this client stuff done. I just got to get, you know, all my content ready. I just got to get all this stuff for, for grants. And I, I just got to, I just got to, that's not a very good, like, it doesn't feel good. It feels rushed. It feels, it just, it feels stressful. But when I'm like, all right, I get to do this and I get to do this because I'm building this and then one day it's gonna look like this and then she's gonna remember, she's gonna be like, oh, Bonnie, I remember what it was so hard, but you kept encouraging me. I'm like, yeah, girl, I remember. And then I'm gonna remember all those guys that said I couldn't do this. I'm like, nah, nah, nah boo boo, I did it like that. Like, you see how my energy already raises by me connecting with my highest potential? I know that there's a lot of shit on the internet now where people are like, stop trying to be your highest self, love yourself now. I do love myself now, but I also love myself enough to know that if I have evolved from where I was, and that means that I can keep going, right? You have to trust and allow, believe, and this happens from aligning with your highest self. Next point, and I promise I'm done, is play. Play. One of the, like, worst mistakes I did last year was listening to someone who doesn't understand my vision, who doesn't understand feminine flow. And they told me, Bonnie, you go to the beach too much. You need to spend more time working on your business. They were right. They were halfway. I did need to spend more time doing administrative stuff in my business instead of trying to outsource all the things that were too hard for me. <laughs> like, yes, and all the CEOs are like, no, you need to outsource stuff. And I'm like, yes, but there were certain things that you have to learn how to do in your business before you outsource them. So they were right there. But when they told me I needed to stop going to the beach and traveling so much, that took my energy from like, I'm flying high, I'm living my best life. Look at me moms, look how I turned my life around, you can too. That took me from that to being miserable at the desk every day, feeling like I have to be working really hard else I'm not a good CEO. And for those of you that aren't familiar with how the world works, like men or masculine energy kind of has this innate desire, will, motivation and drive to work. Like they like putting stuff together. They like building stuff. And so for them to look at me playing all the time, right, but still having a successful business, looking at me like, oh, this is going to crumble. This little girl doesn't know what she's doing. When in fact, every trip, every vacation, every time that you see me at the beach, every time I'm sitting out in nature meditating, medicating, <laughs> meditating, my soul is getting filled. My cup is getting filled. I'm getting divine wisdoms. I'm getting downloads. And I'm also being an embodiment of the very thing that I'm telling women they can have. And so some of the worst advice I received was to play less 
All of my entrepreneurs know that play, especially for women, is the gateway drug to creativity. That's why more startups and more millennial ran businesses have things like ping pong tables. They have four day work weeks. Like that old paradigm of work, 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 work served a nation and a generation of people that didn't have technology that makes stuff easier for us, right? They didn't have the systems in place for them to be able to play. Um, and then also going back to the, 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 the difference between the way feminine flow and masculine structure works is that that shit ain't for me. Me grinding my ass off and never playing and never giving myself space to be aligned with my highest self and feel good in the process is a surefire way for me to burn out and hate what I do. And it's a surefire way for me to not want to connect with my highest self because if I think that the work is hard and un um, rewarding and, and frustrating and overwhelming now, well, now I've got this belief that, well, if I keep achieving and keep going higher, it's just going to get more harder, more harder and less play. So I don't know who needs to hear this, but play is what allows you to be free again. Please don't ever underestimate the power of rest and playing. I have Saturday do nothing days or Sunday solitude some days where I don't talk to anyone and I go out and I get high and I sit in nature and I just listen to God and I journal and I read and I'll listen to sermons, I'll listen to podcasts um, or I'll go to the beach. Like, But I can't take play out of my, my life because I get burnt out and I'm no longer excited. Remember the analogy like five seconds ago about the well and looking up and only wanting to be able to make it to the light? No, if I'm thinking of when I get out of this well, I'm gonna do so many fun things. I'm gonna go to all the theme parks. I'm gonna buy myself all my favorite clothes. I'm gonna have my nails done. I'm gonna be pretty. I'm gonna be able to give to all my favorite foundations. Like those things light me up and you can see the difference. And so if you are struggling in your journey to feminine embodiment and manifestation, I want you to ask yourself, when's the last time you played? And play can look different for everyone. Play can mean playing with yourself and your vibrator, right? Play can mean doing the things that I just mentioned, going out in nature. Play for me, I live in Orlando, is going to the theme parks and just having a, a day. I got my pen, I'm lit, and I'm just getting on rides, having a good time. Play can be dancing. Play can be singing, whatever it is. But don't you dare let anyone tell you that you can't manifest your goals unless you're just grinding working hard 24 7. that's not how it works that's not the feminine art of allowing and that is a podcast that is today that is everything that i have for you on today and i hope that you guys got some value from this and you already know the deal if you did screenshot this episode and post it to your stories and tag me at Siobhan Bond so that other people can hear this message. And don't forget to type a little blurb up top so they know why they're listening. These people don't know me. They just see me and they don't know why they should listen. Tell them why. Um, if you get, if you find it valuable, I would love to, to hear some feedback from this. Shoot me a DM. Let me know. Yo, that spoke to me. You guys have no idea how much that can literally brighten my day up and just give me the strength I need to keep going on some days when I feel like it's not worth it. I'm human too. Um, and last but not least, don't forget about our self-healing series. The first class is this Saturday. Summer school is in session, ladies. Um, if you feel like you are stuck in survival mode, if you are, I get this one a lot, I wanna start working on myself, my mind, my body, my everything, but I'm not sure where to start. Start with these classes. I made them, I priced them exact, like specifically where they are so that you're not feeling like, oh my gosh, this is too much of a leap and I'm not sure if I can do it. Like, 
Come on, this is like a brunch. Go grab yourself a cocktail. Tune in at 12, I think it's 12 or 12.30 EST. I think it's 12 p.m. EST and come chill with your girl. And I'm gonna give you the outline of how you can do this work on your own, whether you choose to join the mind and body community or not. So that is it for today. I love you guys from the moon and back. Thank you so much for showing up with me on today's podcast, and I will see you guys Wednesday. Oh, I'm getting back to regular podcast recordings, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 12 p.m. I decided, like, this, like, I can't, I really enjoy doing this. I miss having a a set schedule, so you guys can look forward to seeing me Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 12 p.m. EST, as long as my kid's not in the hospital again or something happens. Okay. Have a wonderful afternoon, guys. All of the links will be in the show notes on the podcast. Bye.